You're going to lose that piece of paper as soon as you put it down. <laughs> yes. I've already lost it. I don't know where it is. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to Bloody Podcast. I am your host, Maria Felix. I'm here with... Lori Roggenkamp. And... Cash up Jamalik. How's it going, kids? Oh, God. We got a shock jock on oh, the line no. today. Oh, no. We got Morning Cash Radio. the shock jock. Yeah. <laughs> Morning radio with... Maria, Dorky, and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> What's the animal name? There always has to be like an animal name. Oh, yeah. Mule. Felix. <laughs> Maria and the Mule. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that mule? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's a donkey's ass. Ooh, baby. Adios, <laughs> mule. Ay, ay, ay. Hunka, hunka. Okay. All right, Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Bye. 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 <laughs> it was supposed to be me. It was supposed to be me. That's from Sweet Magnolia. Okay. <laughs> okay, we just covered like 30 years of radio. <laughs> I'm Yeah. All the beginning. I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec and uh, the shock jock that they, ha- that whenever they do the morning oh, radio. Oh, yeah. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll, but then also there's this oh, Asian yeah. guy who just does the soundboard. He plays the soundboard. <laughs> yeah. He just has such a straight face and he plays all the sound cues and they're so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> he just looks so, oh man, he looks so, he looks so straight. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> How did that? Did you watch that special yet? I didn't watch I it. I did. Yes. I will say, I think you'll like it if you look at it more as a PSA for how to deal with the quarantine and less like a reunion, unless like an episode of Parks and Rec. Yeah. I don't know why they called it a reunion. Like you knew they weren't going to be on set together. It's for yeah. The viewers, man. They just want people watching. I everybody guess. everybody was kind of acting like this was supposed to be a special like reunion and it's like it's not it's nothing so it's not you just recorded them on camera yeah in different Whatever. places so today we're talking about Gene Weber who is more probably at this point a more obscure serial killer she was a french serial killer that was active in the early 1900s specifically from 1905 through 1908 During her crime span, she killed 10 children, normally while working as their nanny. Which is not a good nanny. Not. It's probably the worst nanny. And what's worse is the people in this, too, at the beginning that are just like, uh, well, you'll see. Yeah. Everyone's just like, really. I think people in the air, like, from 19, from 1901 to like maybe 1910, they just, they were dumbed down. And then something happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and they got they got a little wiser. Yeah. But we'll see. So Jean Weber was born on October 7th in uh, 1874. What was that? The casket opening. Star was <laughs> getting the delivery. Come on, Star. <laughs> shh, shh. She left. She's she not left. even in the room. She's yeah. not in the room. I'm shushing a ghost. <laughs> Is she going to come back in with the food? No, no. She's going to stay in the dining room. Are you sure? Yeah. Because uh, I don't eat in my bed anymore. She's probably going to come back and ask you, like, do you want napkins? <laughs> Babe? <laughs> Babe? Babe? That's what I do. Babe? <laughs> you Babe, do you napkins? think if I use the bath, if I flush the toilet, are they going to hear it? Babe? 
Hey, babe, babe. Are you still doing babe. your podcast? Yeah, it's been hey, babe, five minutes. So you, you can help me with my tattoos a little bit? <laughs> oh, babe, is, this a, is this a hangnail, babe? If I've had a nickel for every time my girlfriend's asked for me to do her taxes, I would have 10 cents. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Uh, that's not too bad. Yeah. All right. <laughs> She was from a small fishing village in the north of France, and she made it to Paris by the time she was 14. She worked menial jobs until she was around 18. In 1893, when she got married to a man simply described as an alcoholic. His name isn't found anywhere. She's like, she got married to an alcoholic. I have a lot of alcoholics in my family, and they're all named James. Let's just assume his name is James. Yeah, we're going to call him James the Alky. Yeah. Yeah. How would you love it if that was your defining quality? Like I would I would hate it if like you looked at my gravestone and it was just like anger problem. <laughs> we just watched an episode of Hoarders where uh, <laughs> a problematic couple was on and the guy was looking at the camera and he's like, "Well, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of an alcoholic." Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just like she was trying to break up with him on camera in front of people on hoarders. It wasn't even like it any other kind of was, fiance. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, oh, okay. because he was such an abusive alcoholic to the point where she was like afraid to break up with him. And he's just like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I drink. I'm not. Yeah. Like, I mean, I only drink when I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and then like sometimes in the day and then I, I got to go to sleep. So sometimes at night, too. I was, at a yeah, party. I was at a pool party one time where this woman like came to the realization that her boyfriend was an alcoholic and i was like <laughs> it was just through me like asking questions about the relationship like i was like How'd oh you my guys god because like, i just was like oh how long have you guys been dating how'd you guys meet and then throughout she's like you know we've never had a day go by where you haven't gotten drunk and it was just like what? well i've done uh, this is my <laughs> Lori, yeah, the relationship right. vendor is now off to another couple. So. <laughs> another relationship destroyed. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> another Fourth of July celebrated. Yeah, I'll send. I my can bill. imagine her just. I can imagine her just saying stuff, and you being on the side, being like, "You're okay. With, you're okay with that? Yeah, <laughs> that's not a problem. Oh, for you? oh that's interesting. Oh, I wow, just turned into really... a Minnesota mother. Oh dear. Oh, that's oh. that's not good. Oh, well, if that's gosh. your cup of tea, sweetheart. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh dear. All right, well, I'll be over here. (laughs) Did they stay together? No, he, like, broke up with her. He broke up with her? He broke up with her and, like, threw her stuff out of the apartment that day. And like That day? Yeah, she had to stay with some a friend. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I really started. (laughs) I want to know who this is after the podcast. It's nobody you know. It's like like when I first started doing stand-up, I went to a friend of a friend's pool party. And it was just like the weirdest, you know, when you're like, you don't know anybody there and you're trying to be, Oh, those are the know. worst. Yeah. Especially a pool party. And you like barely know the host and you're like, yes. I, you like cling to the host. Cause it's the only person you kind of know. And you feel bad. Cause they're like, I want to mingle. Like I want to hang yeah. out with my friends. And you're like, don't leave me. <laughs> I feel like at, at, every single time I went to one of those parties, I would ruin it for myself. I walk around and somebody would say hi. I just go, hey, and then they yes. would just like walk away. Aww. And then you see those people in the pool just having fun. So then you go in the pool and then you just end up the weirdo in the corner of the pool. It's yep. like not talking to anybody, yep. not doing anything. Yep. And then yep. you're like, well, this is where I'm going to be for the rest of the party. This is it. 
That's they, why I stopped going to pool parties where I don't know more than two people. I'm like, fuck this, dude. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't need to be here. I don't I don't need to be pretending to have fun with you fucking strangers. It's the yeah. worst. It is and the I'm worst. uncomfortable in what I'm wearing, probably. And I'm uncomfortable watching you and what you're wearing. Yeah. You know, it just <laughs> it's the worst. I will say though that like that kind of atmosphere is almost the exact reason why I love weddings. So it's weird that like the different setting, you know, like a pool party. If you told me if a friend of mine invited me to a wedding and she was the only person, they were the only person I knew and I didn't know anybody else. I'd be like, I'm in. I want to go. I'm going to have a great time. But if you told me it was a pool party, if you were like, oh, the wedding is a pool party. I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> I have zero interest What's in going the to the wedding. At the wedding, you're guaranteed a place to sit. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can true. sit and people watch and you're guaranteed good food or mm-hmm. at least food and you're guaranteed a choice of alcohols if you yes. so choose whereas at a pool party you're not even supposed to be sitting down <laughs> yeah you have which is yeah. the worst part <laughs> you're out in the sun there's like not yeah. enough chairs so you end up having a- to make chairs out of things that aren't chairs Oh, you know what the worst part is? When everyone starts getting in the jacuzzi and they're like, oh, yeah, let's all crowd into the jacuzzi. And there's like 14 fucking jamokes. (laughs) Jamokes. I never. I hated going in the jacuzzi. I hate it. And first off, I don't like going in a pool in general. I don't like being, I don't like having my juices (laughs) floating with, I don't like, like floating in other people's juices, you know? And you know, and you know, some creeps there are just pissed in the pool. Oh, yeah. That's me. Also me. <laughs> I'll piss in the pool on purpose. I let, somebody asked me out loud. I'd be like, did you pee in the pool? Yeah, I pissed that pool. Like, Lori's face is full of horror. <laughs> I'm just, Lori, I'm just flashing you... back to all the times that, I was, that I've been in a pool and been like, somebody's probably peed in this pool. Oh, every time. Every time. I mean, it's too it's hard to get worst. out. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> The year was 1905. No, we it really, wasn't. We really went down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> so she marries her alcoholic in 1893, James the Alki. Uh, and they and lived in the Only shit- through pool parties. Yes. <laughs> That's how we circle back. They threw pool parties in their shitty tenement in the neighborhood of Passage Gote d'Or in the 18th arrondissement of Paris. I don't know if I'm saying all, any of that right, but I'm going to pretend I am because I love French. And my Filipino French teacher in college said I couldn't do a good job, but I believe in my heart that I sound just like a Parisian. It sounds right <laughs> to me, you know? I love it. You're doing a wonderful job. Oh, that's so nice. Sweet. Jean-Luc is here to encourage us. Hello. Oh. Hi, Jean-Luc. <laughs> How are you, Loy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh-oh. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Together, Jean and James the Alki had three children, two of which passed away. It is unknown how they passed, but we can safely assume Jean likely killed them, and we'll see why. It was murder. Yes. Wait, they, were, wait. they were probably named after like ailments they had. Like, this one farts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this this one's- is dysentery. <laughs> By 1905, Jean was also a full-blown alcoholic, and her last remaining son was seven years old. This is when Jean decided to take her killing habit outside of her immediate family. On March 2nd of 1905, her sister-in-law 
asked Jean to babysit her two toddlers, Georgette and Susanne. Shortly after her sister-in-law left, Jean Weber began choking the younger of the two children, 18-month-old Georgette. The mother returned unexpectedly, saw her child having a coughing fit, but did not suspect anything of Jean. So she left again. All right, well, my child's coughing in what appears to be a hysterical-like manner. Uh, look at the time. I gotta go. I gotta head out. Uh, I must go shopping. <laughs> I like to think that she came in with her hands wrapped around the child's neck. Oh, hey! What are you doing hey. home so early? Oh, my God. Oh, oh wow. Blue, you are back. Oh, I did not know you would be here so early. I do not know why this cute child is coughing. I... Yeah, she coughs, she coughs, she coughs. I say, what is wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I keep playing a little game. Stop coughing, stop coughing. And she does not co <laughs> stop coughing. So I've run out of all my medical expertise. <laughs> so the mom leaves again. And when she returns three hours later, her youngest child is dead. Oof. Even though the child had black and blue bruising around her neck, Jean was not at all a suspect. The mother-in-law even asked her to babysit again a week later on March 11th. This is and like a, a, during that time where women were just like, there's no way she could kill. She's a woman. Woman can yes. kill. There's yeah. no way. Their, their hands are not strong enough to, to choke even a baby. <laughs> a baby. It's <laughs> like Catherine yeah. O'Hara from. She's a woman. All women have maternal instincts. It must have been a man. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. A, a baby man came in and choked the baby. <laughs> baby man <laughs> round up all the baby men yeah. <laughs> so the mother-in-law asked her to babysit again a week later and sure enough Jean chokes little Suzanne to death au revoir <laughs> terrible <laughs> the parents and the doctors did not at all suspect Jean again and the child's death was said to be caused by convulsions hmm. so that's two Oh my God! Technically, that's four because she already has yeah, the two others. Her own two die. Mm -hmm. I just, March I love the thinking that it's like her two, her two children died of same disease. Uh, my two children died of same disease. It must be magic. we are ghost. We are ghost. <laughs> it is bad luck. It is Simple. baby ghost. Baby ghost <laughs> is taking over the bodies and choking the children. Ah uh, yes, the ghost of a baby man. <laughs> yeah, the ghost of the bit. There we go. Yeah, once again, you are, you are the Jack Crystal. <laughs> Inspector Crusoe. Yeah, you are Inspector Crusoe. Solved the case again, and is a ghost of a baby man. Thank you. That was one of the worst <laughs> detective Crusoe. <laughs> Death in the of the baby man. Wait, was. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau, wasn't he like an explorer? Jacques no. Cousteau was, he was the explorer uh, of uh, oceanic life. And Inspector Clouseau is the uh, detective and police officer from Pink Panther. And uh, the biggest rival to no, I was thinking Sherlock of, Holmes. Who am I thinking of? It's that. I don't um, know. Who are you thinking of? I'm who could gonna... it be? <laughs> what's, uh, what's Strangers on a Train? What? No, not Strangers on a Train. Fuck. What's the... Um... Murder on an Orient Express. Yes. Oh, my God. How did you get... <laughs> Is that really... We've been doing really... this too long. <laughs> was that really it? That was it. 
Oh my god. I was awesome. trying to think of what I even said it wrong. Yes. <laughs> Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie. Oh, Agatha Christie. Oh. Yeah. It was, was the Agatha a- Christie novel and she has like a specific detective who I forgot who that is. God, I'm the worst. Ah, uh, yes, the renowned French author, Agatha Christie. Yes. Oh god, now now my phone is playing the audible book. Okay, stop it. Uh it was oh, a cold man. night. <laughs> Available on the Audible. Yeah. So anyway, so so yeah, it's a worst the worst act of the Chrissy book. Death of the Ghost Vive. <laughs> we circled around that for this. Yes. <laughs> that was the full joke that I was trying to make. Throw Lori uh, from the train. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Throw Man Vive from the train. <laughs> On March 25th, so we're still in the same month, just under two weeks after the death of the second toddler, Jean babysat for her brother and his wife, who had a seven-month-old baby daughter named Germaine. The grandmother, um, who I don't know which side she's on, but I'm going to assume it's the paternal side because, like, they're all kind of dense, it seems. (laughs) Uh, The grandmother, while they were gone, came upstairs twice because she heard the baby crying and choking. Oh and even the, and <laughs> and even though Jean was like the only one there except for what I, I assume maybe back then they had a like a, a housemaid also around or something. The grandma did not suspect Jean even though the baby had red marks on her neck when she looked at her. Once the child's breathing returned to normal, the grandmother just left twice. <laughs> The baby lived for one more night because the parents came home, I think, in time. But the next day, Jean came back and offered to babysit again. That day, she killed a little girl. And the doctor blamed it on a case of diphtheria. Also a man ghost baby. Case closed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What is what's <laughs> the notorious dip- man ghost baby yes. going around the neighborhood? Oh, you have heard? You have heard of the man ghost baby? Diphtheria. That's Hi, fucking I'm bonkers. I'm Agatha Christie. I'm here to research a novel <laughs> about a man ghost baby. Uh, just there is no man ghost baby. The child died of diphtheria. Oh, okay. Uh, just want to make sure that I got the right. Uh, you saying that? Uh... <laughs> You're Australian now. <laughs> I'm slowly right. dipping to Indian. You're, you're, saying, you're saying that uh, this woman uh, shows up and then that's when the man ghost baby follows her, right? We. Oui. Okay. That's right, Sheila. All right. Well, this is going to be more of a short story then because I think I got all the facts. I am a big fan of your short stories. <laughs> you are you. the most famous author here in France. You know, I am trying to write. Now I'm going Texas. You know, I'm trying to write a story uh, about a, a, a detective with a French accent. Uh, I wonder if maybe you would be willing to uh, to maybe inter- let me interview you. So I oui, can- my name is Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> you can find me in the ocean next to the octopus. All right. Well, uh, oh, that woman seems to be walking into a, a nursery full of babies with her hands outstretched. So, uh, <laughs> look, the man she... baby is behind her. <laughs> Get that ghost man we baby. We must be cased. <laughs> <laughs> runs off holding his mustache. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's so big. Uh, so, what is diphtheria? Diphtheria is a bacterial infection that causes a thick gray matter to form at the back of the throat. Ooh. 
Oh. So it can cause difficulties in breathing, fever, heart failure, paralysis, and eventually death. But there's and there's been a vaccine for it since 1923. So nobody out there get any ideas about blaming diphtheria for your killing your baby. Yeah. Or someone else's baby. Well, so but does diphtheria also result in bruise like <laughs> no bruise like marks on the neck? <laughs> no, it's all internal. And diphtheria. She's got bruise like just yeah bruises on her neck. <laughs> Why are you from Australia now? Those are bruises <laughs> on the neck. These are bruises on the neck. <laughs> the dingo choked my baby. <laughs> there we go. Forsters. Australian yeah, gonna... Vindisperia juice. <laughs> That's it. That's all the accents I know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know if it was two separate doctors. I don't have info on that. If it was the same stupid, useless doctor. I But you know what? A lot of doctors were useless during oh, this time yeah. span. They were mostly useless. They were all like wiping their asses with their hands and then touching the innards of people. Yeah, they were probably like smoking the, during surgery. This way, the best way to, <laughs> the best thing to do before surgery is to stick your fist up a woman's vagina. <laughs> you get the juices, <laughs> and then you can you get the motherly juices, and then you can go right into surgery. <laughs> <laughs> it is even better if she is menstruating. Oh yes. I don't know what accent that was. Menstruating. Yeah, that was, menstruating. That was a. <laughs> How was your menstruation, my dear? That's a Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> now oh. you're doing Catherine. Hello. Now I'm doing Carol Channing. Hello, Carol nice Channing man. <laughs> Hello, my dear. Nice <laughs> man. What are you doing, to, nice man? Don't forget to wash your hands in that homeless man's cavity. Now that's Eartha Kitt. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is Eartha Kitt. Was that? Yeah. Darling. Brr. Nice. Yes. Good. You got an Eartha kit. Add that to your reel. Done. Three days later, Marcel, Jean's only only remaining son, was also found dead. A separate doctor also blamed it on diphtheria, even though he also had red marks around his neck. Less than a month from when she killed her first victim, she invited her sister-in-laws over on April 5th for dinner. One of them just so happened to bring her 10-year-old son, Maurice. Oh, boy. Yep. It's not a good idea. Jean suggested that they leave the kid with her while they went shopping, and so they did. The mother of the child returned early and found her son unconscious with marks on his neck and Jean standing over him. She immediately accused Jean of trying to strangle him. Finally! I know. Yes, somebody gets the fucking ticket. And it's only because she's literally walks in the door and Jean is standing over the kid. Otherwise, it probably would have been another case of like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know. <gasps> you're, you. you're here early. She probably got mad at her too. You're too early. You said you would be here. <laughs> Why are you not a Chanel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are a bad mother. <laughs> we were just playing a game. <laughs> so do we know why she just is she like do we know anything that sets her off or is it just like she's around a child and she's just like let me see how uh farmer hands get around this kid's neck <laughs> we don't know why she did it and any medical records first of all i guess they'd probably be confidential if there were any around but any medical records that were taken of her when she was confined are probably sealed or gone. Okay. You know, yeah. if they took anything. Because 
if doctors were useless, I mean, psychologists were just like, yeah, they're a joke. As you, you, you I've got bad blood there. <laughs> I have a thought. I'm guessing that based on what I know about serial killers, which is not that much, <laughs> she probably like killed a whole bunch of small animals for a while. You know, and then she probably graduated to kids. And I think that she just probably had that fantasy of just like watching things die in her hands. And then, you know, you just work your way up, I imagine. That's dumb. That's a dumb thought. Stop that. That's nice. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. No, that's sweet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, that's. I agree. I, I think that's probably exactly what happened. I think she probably. She couldn't resist the fact of like. You know, here's a woman who her whole life has been probably hasn't been the strongest or, or able to control her life the way she wants. And then you have this small thing that she can control and play God over. And so exactly. I mean, honestly, though, like. She left for Paris when she was 14, so we don't know, if, like, which is a pretty normal age back then, especially to be out on your own. Yeah. So and then she had her own jobs up until she got married. So these are all choices she's making. She wasn't working. Let's uh, you know, she had menial jobs. So she wasn't working like as a prostitute or anything and then had to get married to survive. Yeah, she's making these choices. No, you're right. She's making she's absolutely. I'm not I'm not saying that she had a bad upbringing. Oh, no, I'm just saying that she it's not like she didn't have a, a choice or was like, I need to control something. She just like killing kids. Yeah. And she didn't spend more than a day with the kids anyway before she killed them. So it's not like they um, accumulated. Like, it's just not like she accumulated hate for something they did over time. Yeah. She killed her kids and then sought out other people's kids. Soon everyone had something to say about it in Paris because obviously word spread quickly. And a prominent defense lawyer at the time, Henry Robert. Henry Robert. I don't know how you would say it. My Henry. name is Henry Roberts. <laughs> no, that's I'm sure he probably French. I know. I'm sure he probably didn't like he didn't <laughs> He's a lawyer. <laughs> I'm sure he probably was. He was. He's. He's a Texan. I just imagine him being like, "I'm from Louisiana. Uh, I'm stuck in Paris." Or, or my dog. I'll take the case. Or as the natives call it, Perry. Murdering babies, huh? I get, I get it. it. I want to murder my children on ninety-five percent of the day. <laughs> Those little rascals. So Henry Robert takes on her case. The public began referring to her as the Ogress de la Goutte d'Or. The neighborhood she lived in was uh, Goutte d'Or. Goutte? Goutte d'Or. Goutte d'Or. I don't know. It means <laughs> drop of gold. <laughs> I, sound, I sound like a weird... Goutte <laughs> d'Or. Skipping, skipping record when I try to pronounce these it's things. It's great. It does sound like a really nice dessert. So the, the ogre from the neighborhood of the drop of gold. Mm. Whatever. Um, I just want you when you and you and Cash finally go to Paris. I want you to film you giving directions <laughs> to the cab driver. <laughs> you know, there was a week where I was getting pretty good because I was practicing before we left, yeah. and yeah. I've lost. I've lost it all. 
I just want to. I just want you to say it's uh, the chateau, the chateau, the chita. Uh, I don't know. The chateau. Yeah. The cha- chateau. Figure it out. Chateau. Ch- chateau. <laughs> Charcuterie. Yeah, <laughs> Cab drivers just like get out. <laughs> Spit in our face. Starting on January 29th in 1906, Jean had a nine-day trial during which the prosecution brought up all the children who had died in her care. I shouldn't say brought up. I should say uh, pursued a case com- combining all oh, three uh, all so of them. Then now they, so they went, sorry. So they, so they went after, after they all went of them. Her like, three kids. Maybe they were murdered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her three kids, her sister-in-law's combined three kids, mm-hmm. plus two other children. Lucie Aleandre and Marcel Poyatos, who also died while in her care. The prosecution asserted that Jean had killed her son to throw off suspicion. Robert Henry relied solely on the testimony of a forensic scientist named Dr. Leon Henry Thuanon, who said all the kids had died of natural causes. Robert apparently also gave a rousing closing statement but since I don't know French, I can't properly translate it for you. Madams and mademoiselles. I'm just a simple <laughs> French lawyer. Lend me your ears. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a simple French lawyer. I'm not accustomed to your big city Paris ways. So I'll stop. I'm sorry. I, I, what do you, I mean, how, how great does it feel for the alcoholic that he is not the worst parent? You know, James Yalki. Yeah. I mean, like to be like, hey, guys, remember? Remember when everybody thought I was going to be the worst? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure in some bar he's like, hey, I'm not that bad. And somebody's like, yeah, you are. Yeah. And he's like, ah, you're right. No. Uh, <laughs> tell that it. to my two dead children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> three now. Oh, three. Oh, okay. Ashante. Uh, His closing statement. And his argument had a lot to do with the fact that Jean was a grieving mother who would never do this when her, uh, who would never do this when her own children have died. And the jury agreed with him. On February 6th, she was found not guilty, and the courthouse cheered what? at the verdict. Dr. Leon Thonois and his colleague pub- published a paper about his quote unquote findings that basically suck their own dicks about them. It didn't do anything except say like, oh yeah, she was super sad and these kids all died of natural causes. And anyway, it just got them more fame. So they benefited off the case. After Jean returned home, her husband left her and the neighbors who knew she was guilty hounded her. So she disappeared into obscurity for 15 months. And in 1907, she resurfaced in the French province of Indri as a housekeeper and mistress for a man of the last name Babouzet. She was going under the pseudonym Madame Moulinet. On April 17th, 1907, she strangled the Babouzet's nine-year-old son, August, or Auguste. The doctor who examined the body was suspicious, so he brought in the police. The doctor also noted that he was especially suspicious of Madame Moulinet because he had noticed that she had bathed and dressed the boy's body after his death and acted just generally suspicious. So I would, I wonder what that means. I feel like she was very, very 
like obvious yeah. about it. She was like cleaning, <laughs> like right around the body, like and like cleaning, like a maid's work is never done. Do 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 do. <laughs> I did not kill your son. Do 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 do. I like the. The doctor is examining the body, and she's like, "So, what do you think of my work?" And he's like, "What? I mean, of of the house? I, I mean, uh, uh. I mean, of the house. I really like to choke to death the concept <laughs> of cleaning." <laughs> I like the thing that she just dressed him up and propped him up against it, against <laughs> like on a chair, and then somebody comes back in, and she's like, oh, "Is he okay?" <laughs> they touch him, he falls over, and she's like, "What did you do?" Yeah, she has. <laughs> oh no, you killed him! Oh, you have God. choked him! You have the powers of a of a ghost man, baby. We also have to consider that, like, it could have been nothing, and it could have just been she was standing there, and the guy was really sexist and was like, "You look suspicious." <laughs> just like either way, it's weird to bathe and dress a dead person's body before they're examined. I do it all the time. I don't understand how that's weird. <laughs> I bet. Well, she was also the one that answered the door. So she, it was probably just like, oh, you are the doctor. Yes, the boy is here. He is over here. Oh, he is so yeah. excited to see you. I thought he was dead. He is so excited to see you he w- in heaven. <laughs> when you get there. He was there. telling me before he died. I mean, I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with his death, but I heard it. <laughs> and he said, oh, boy, I hope that doctor comes and examines my body. Uh, Do you have any nine-year-old boys? Yeah. <laughs> so he brought in the police to examine, but the police doctor dismissed it and said it was a uh, cause of death by convulsions. Still, the little boy's sister went through Madame Moulinet's things and found newspaper clippings that pictured her as the infamous Jean Weber. With new evidence, the doctors who performed the autopsy determined the child had indeed been strangled possibly by handkerchief so they knew they even got it down to the murder weapon and yet in the first place they're just like oh we don't want to bother with another murder case there are so many in france yeah. who has the time who has the time no yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have to sit here and smugly smoke my cigar and judge oh. americans <laughs> another trial was held in may of 1907 and Robert Henry again represented her. Dr. Sunwan also returned to, se- to testify. He's just like, God damn it, I want to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I'm here again. I would like to say I'm under duress. <laughs> I, I thought we solved this the last time, but I guess not. This woman simply could not have killed that baby boy because she was grieving from the death of her children who died in the exact same way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Tonois even examined the decomposed body of the child because this is like months later now. He asserted the child had died of typhoid fever. Yet again, Henry and Tonois won Weber's innocence. Sonois called it a win for science over public emotion. Weber disappeared again and then reappeared under the name Marie Lemoine. Lemonier? Lemoine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the whole name. One, yeah, I thought. Marie Lemoine, Lemonier, Lemoine. I thought that was literally the whole name. I was like, oh wow, she's really going for it. I'm always second guessing myself. Marie Lemoine. Mary Lemon. Worked as an orderly at a child's hospital 
and Facumbal. Shortly after, trying to, quote, make up for the wrongs that justice had inflicted upon an innocent woman, some friends of hers offered Weber a job in a children's home in Orgville. I don't know who's friends with this woman. Stop would be introducing her to children. Like, it's the same thing with Michael Seriously. Jackson. It's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Fine. You don't believe that she's guilty. Fine. Stop. <laughs> so apparently, something happens when she's around children. Stop introducing her to children. Just stop yeah. it. Uh, I'm sorry. Could we get her? Could we get her a fresh child? Yeah, sorry. Can we get her a whole hospital full yeah. of fresh they children? They are falling too, over themselves to get her involved with children. It's like, why? I think they had too many kids in France at the time. They were like, one more, five more, who are dead? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, just a few days after starting, she was found choking a sick child. <laughs> they it. quietly fired her embarrassed by their misjudgment and did not report anything to the authorities it was covered up i don't know why but i know what quietly fired means but i just imagine that it's like but i love this job i love this job The whole time, the kids in the background going. But he is already sick. Fine. I just imagine that. That's always what I imagine. What I imagine a quiet firing is is just whispers. Oh, yes. that just makes me laugh. Oh <laughs> Dispose of her quietly. Yeah. It's like a subway sandwich artist in the middle of making a sandwich and the manager comes up to them. You're fired. What? 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 You're fired. I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're fired. And don't forget to put onions on that. I, I, I know how to do a sandwich. I am an artist. I went to the artist school. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so, so she was quiet, but they didn't. Okay, so they didn't. So now what does she do? Does she change her name to Frenchie McFrencherson? And pretty close. Okay. <laughs> she returned to Paris and was arrested on vagrancy. She told the police well, during her arrest that she was the child killer. And all they did was send her to a mental asylum. They can't really do much though at the time if she's only been arrested for for vagrancy and then she gets sent to like I mean, it's the same today. You're not doing a lot, but if you seem mentally unfit, they're going to try to send you to an institution. The institution, after like a day of her being there, was like, she's fine, she's sane, and they let her go. She turned, at that point, she turned towards prostitution, and she was hooking for a little bit, and then ran off with a rail worker named Emile Boucherie. Oh, well, that sounds like a romance that's going to last. Yeah. In May of 1908, they took a room at an inn run by the Poirot family. Jean helped Madame Poirot around the house with chores. One day, Emile straight up just left. And Jean, claiming she was afraid to sleep alone, asked if Marcel, the Poirot's 10-year-old son, could sleep in her chambers with her to keep her company. 
And the parents nice. said immediately no. <laughs> right? That's what the, par- the parents said no. That's weird. Um, I First, we don't know you. Second, that's a 10-year-old child. So no thank you. And then that's it. That was the end of that, that interaction, right? I'm sure they were. Right? Uh, it was. Uh... <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's move on. No. No. What? Um, God. That is actually it. the more. That is actually the more believable version because another version, get this. One day after they were doing chores, Jean claimed that Emil beat her and asked if the 10-year-old Poirot boy could sleep with her so that it would deter her husband from beating her with the boy present. Nothing stops an abusive man from beating you than you finding you in bed with a 10-year-old boy. I mean, that is like, I mean, they have commercials about it, you know? <laughs> yes. are you afraid of your abusive husband here's a 10 year old boy to sleep in your bed you know that <laughs> is he coming home is he gonna be crazy yeah. find a kid find a 10 year old boy <laughs> specifically a 10 year old boy all right nine year old not gonna cut it 11 too old okay 10 year old boy to sleep in your bed and he your your husband will come home and be like i can't i can't do it it's a 10 year old boy i can't my heart is broken it is breaking you know what i'm gonna start working on myself and we are gonna get better (laughs) (laughs) so that same night after the parents agreed a struggle was heard from weber's bedroom by another guest madame goulet Uh. madame goulet rushed to notify the prorose and together they ran to weber's room flung open the door and saw marcel lying dead on the bed. There are a few different accounts of what was immediately seen. One account says Monsieur Perrault had to punch Jean three times hard in the face before she let go of the handkerchief around the boy's neck. Another says when they opened the door that she lay next to him, pretending to be asleep. In either case, the boy was already dead by the time they arrived. And when the police and the police, when describing the scene, said it was as if the boy had been killed by a vampire. No, there's it was this uh, ghost baby man baby. <laughs> yeah, mm. it was the ghost baby man baby that follows me everywhere. Maybe a ghost man baby vampire. Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, it was baby. Oh, oh. Open, reopen the case. Hello, I'm <laughs> Agatha Christie. Uh, I uh, I showed up. Uh, She's in the case. Yeah. <laughs> I heard up. I heard that uh, now I'm now I'm texting. I heard that you all y'all have uh, a new adaptation to this man ghost man baby story. Uh, y'all saying it's now a vampire? You know, I never uh, I never read <laughs> that is correct. I never wrote a ghost man baby vampire. I never wrote no uh, uh, vampire story before, but I'd be very interested in seeing how it turns out. So I was wondering if maybe I can interview you uh, just to get a little bit of story. I don't know where my ex is the, going. The, <laughs> the lawyer is on the ledge, by the way. I also represent vampires. Yeah. My card. <laughs> I don't want to live in Paris, but I keep taking cases in Paris. Bienvenue. <laughs> Bienvenue. Runs, runs away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just gets on a trolley. He's he's doing one of those man carts where you have to run along, but he's the guy running, and there's somebody in the yeah. cart. <laughs> Oh, man. I love that the guy, the father said he had to punch her three times hard because you know that, like, so men's egos, you know that it was, like, yep. at least 17 times. 
Like, <laughs> if it was true, because he's like, to say three means that it was more than 20. You know, like, it's like yeah. men don't yeah. want to admit that they had to, they have to punch a woman more than once. So. She was put on trial again, and on October 25th, 1908, Jean Weber was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was placed in a mental hospital in Marville, where doctors frequently visited her and claimed to witness her in bouts of mania driven by sexual fantasy, which they said was likely the reason for the murders. Ten years later... Oh, did you want to say something about that? Wait, they were saying that sexual fantasy was the reason for the murders? Yes. Mania That's driven all that... by sexual fantasy. Right? Oh. Mania, That's yeah, mania driven by... That's that whole thing of like yes. women are just like, you know, like uh, whores waiting to happen. It's just like she just exactly she, just kind of, she could not help herself. She was so sexually charged and she wasn't getting her sexual needs met that she had to choke the life out of little babies. <laughs> it is the case of her being a slut. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everything <laughs> was about being. I mean, like I, I took a literature, uh, like a French literature, English literature class. It was like a European literature. I don't know why I'm just naming countries. It was a German Icelandic literature class. Um, Swedish literature. I took a Russian literature class. It was a European literature class. <laughs> but I'm not joking. Like everything was always because like men were either worried about their wives becoming sluts or their wives had become sluts. And they were worried about how they were going to stop their wives from being sluts. And it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Get, uh, get a it's hold like, of well, Maybe if you'd. Give some better dick, dude. Yeah. In Christ. There's this, uh, speaking of, there's not, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> there's this like Instagram account that I stumbled on where people text the account holder and confess their cheating secrets. What? And then she oh. posts them, but without the name okay. of the messenger. And it has like, you know, it has like, thousands of followers and it just it's the saddest thing because it's like i'm cheating on my man right now he's a really nice guy we were best friends for seven years before we got together but like all oh, this other dick is so good but the guys it's like whoa this is uh this is sad it's really sad i used to um go to this website i think it was called like post secret where yes i remember oh, yeah, that one yeah. I, th I i mean I, I don't know if it's still up or not but people would post secrets and some of them were funny but most of them were just about like child abuse and i was like oh this is a oh jesus christ yeah i remember they were like child abuse and like cheating on your cheating. husband or your wife and yeah girl i'm cheating on my man right now i love him so much i don't know what's going on with me but i'm cheating around with these three other guys and it's so much fun i just can't seem to stop yeah that's what it's like she's <laughs> really? like she's that's like my man is straight up at my parents house with me right now and i just straight up left to go meet this dick it's like whoa, whoa. well you are a bad person well wow, there's also man. to me i don't know i feel like a lot of that is bullshit i feel like a lot of that is like them saying i hope it is them saying the stuff because they want to get they want to get it posted you know like i think yes i think it's yes. both. i think it's both. i could see people doing that but i just have such a hard time believing that somebody's that altruistic that they they want the they want to put it out there for people to read you know i just think i feel that like it's true. so weird but I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. People are dumb, so who knows? Sometimes people just have to get it off their chest. And I will say this. I'm shitting on the people that are giving her posts, but I read that shit for like an hour. Oh, yeah. You will get you lost. Know? Like, 
I, yeah, I, I, like, kudos to her for starting the, the account. And I'm sure there's multiple that are like it. Yeah. But, you know, she's not the one cheating. If, if, uh, if Jean was like, she was like, I can't help it. I, uh, I'm married to an, an alcoholic. That's all you need to know. And, uh, I also, uh, I kill babies for, uh, pleasure. So, uh, all right. Au revoir. That's an interesting, um, dilemma if somebody texted that person with a confession of them actually physically killing or hurting somebody would she report it i think by law or would she just post it you don't have to if you're not a professional Uh, you have to be like a mandated professional like a doctor or a teacher well if you're a mandated reporter i don't i don't think she'd report it well, technically, she's just an Instagram account holder. But but also, um, if if you saw it, like if I saw that, I, since I'm a, technically a mandated reporter, I'd have to report that. So if I saw that, if she's I, not seeing it though. They just text her what they do. I feel like you they just post like post it because that person's obviously just doing it just for the shits and gigs. So shits and gigs, you would have to like I would say probably give it to the police. I always love when people go, oh, so I called the FBI. I'm like, how, what, how would you do Like, <laughs> How did you call the FBI? How you, <laughs> 100 FBI. <laughs> you the I FBI? F- like, I just think that's so crazy to me. I think the uppity people just get like a little <clears throat> black book in the mail that gives you direct numbers to like the FBI and the CIA and stuff. I could see that. You, so they say that's the reason for the murders, but then that's really all we have. 10 years later, on June 5th, 1918, she was found dead in her cell. One account says that she killed herself by choking herself with her own bare hands. Mm. The other account, which is more likely, says that she hung herself. In all, the Agres stole the life of 10 ch- young children from May 2nd, 1905 through May 8th, 1908, including the ones of her offspring. And that's Jean Weber. Jeez. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Classy lady. I wonder, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, like, I would love to know. This is, this would be such a shorter story if the, if, if the, uh, if a man was involved. Because as soon as one of those kids died, they'd be like, uh, he was standing over the body. Kill him. You know, like, that's basically it. (laughs) Oh, a man would do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because there's sexism on both sides of the coin here because you're right if that were if it were a man they would have probably convicted him right away but on the other hand because it was a woman she got away with it so much but then when she got caught they were like she is just crazy it's her hormones she's hysterical because she does not have orgasms on regular basis (laughs) (laughs) which you need what you need were, were public hangings like a thing at this time was that like a big thing i feel like it I mean, yeah, I, I think so. Clamor, people used to clamor for that sort of thing. I'm surprised that, you know, they didn't get to that solution quicker where they could just see somebody get hung. Well, again, it's a woman. So, you know, you have to enter yeah, all those considerations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's crazy. All right, well, that's Bloody Podcast. Um, We're very excited. We have some shout-outs to do. Yes, we Because do. our Patreon went live, and we have already not one but two very generous contributors yes the first one is waiting for Lori to finish this podcast in and of itself 
so that they could eat their urban plates. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Star Castro, Thank you for Star. your patronage. I'm giving you our shout out now. She's laying in the bed next to me. Oh, that's nice. She's, thank you, Star. Can you tell her to shush? Shh. <laughs> Don't say thank you back to me. I just want you to acknowledge that I said, just nod your head. Oh, my goodness. Shh. <laughs> Make too much noise. Love you. Love you. Love you. And our other patron, <laughs> and our other patron uh, right now, with a very generous $20 uh, patronage is Luke. Luke, I'm not sure if he wants us to say our last name, so I'll just say Luke S. Luke, thank you so much. Holy shit, Luke Skywalker? Yeah, yes. Luke. I love him. He's, great. He's the best. Luke yes. So generous. You know, I mean, I will say he does. He did a lot of May the Fourth Be With You puns, and I was a little over it, but he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever. But thank you so much, Luke and Star. One of you I love more, and I think we both know it's Luke. Luke. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you donated twenty dollars, <laughs> we're very excited to bring you guys even more content. We have like, we have a bunch of stuff we're working on. We've got Sheenema, which is where Laurie and I review or talk about trending movies or TV shows. TV show within the crime syndicate. Yes, syndicate's not the right word. Eh. I feel like it's the, the general. <laughs> yeah, we have a bunch of fun things coming out for our Patreon. We have a goddess tale where we're going to do a tale of like one tale of Hera or any goddess or, or legend, female legend of folklore. So, yeah, those are the juiciest too. We love having a lot of fun with those because they're, they're so much, they're so much fun. Yeah. And those ladies are, are hot messes. They are. And then we're going yeah. to, uh, we're going to do an exclusive only Patreon episode. So if you want to check out, we have a bunch of people we want to get to. And so some of them are going to be exclusive for Patreon. So check that out. And then, yeah, please check out patreon.com slash bloody podcast. The biggest thing that I think is so cool is that Maria is making handmade coasters. And so if you yeah, they're pretty cool $20, yeah. you get a handmade coaster. So it's guaranteed to be made around 1 a.m. Yes. When I've gotten around three hours of sleep. Yes. And it'll probably be the fifth or sixth of its kind because I've messed up the other ones. So there's a it's a true labor of love. It's going to be great. But it's a it's it's a beautiful hard resin coaster. They're not easy to make, but, um, but it's a bloody I really wanted to put exclusive. I wanted yeah. to do something. Yeah, it's a bloody podcast exclusive because I wanted to do something like that was really more than just like, oh, thanks for signing up. It's like, no, this is a tangible thing besides like a sticker or a flyer or whatever else those other Patreon things are giving you. Yeah. That we're going to give you as long as we can. Yeah. So thank <laughs> yeah. you. guys, And th thank you to those who, li who listen. We really appreciate it. And please tell your friends, tell your enemies, rate and review the show. And have a great, um, have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs>